I was I thought about in preparation that I would talk about spring projects, but like this morning is good news, like because like winter came back, so all of us that have been like waiting for spring to come to jump on those spring projects, hey, we get to take a little bit longer break. You know, winter's here, we can put it off a little bit longer, uh, right? That's the, maybe. Well, with all of our projects, uh, regardless of what you're doing, there's always going to be a beginning, then there's going to be progress, and then there's going to be completion. Yesterday, several of us were out with the Holtz family, and they have begun a project. They have begun to build uh, a log home. When did you begin that? About a year ago. And so a year ago it started. Now we're, in, now we're within progress. And that progress, like the kingdom, is a slow coming deal. So yesterday we went, we, I think we got seven logs up and we burned up two drills. So, but it's, pro, you know, it's progress. Their progress was made. We don't know when completion is, is, is happening, right? I mean, we don't know. We're not, we're not even thinking about it. We just don't know. But there's a beginning, there's progress, there's completion. Every project that we have, everything that we're thinking about, it, has, it just shares that in common. So really the question that I have is what's required of us to see a project through the process from beginning to completion. What do we need to make it? Patience. Who said patience? Adam, ding, 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 ding. Then I just added on there because patience is really not enough. We need like extended patience. Like we need patience after patience after patience on many of the projects. I mean, how many of you like begin the, pro- the, pro- the project and the process is quick and it's over? How many of it have, I mean, mowing my yard is kind of like that. It's one of the reasons I like to mow my yard. But many of our projects are long. Now, what about God? What, what, what is the project that God's been working on? When did, when did he begin his project? What, what, what's he working on? He's working on us. But what about us? What's he trying to do? So let's start, let's maybe, when did it begin? When did, when did God's grand project begin? What? In the beginning. Very good, Steve. In the beginning. Yes, it did. In the beginning. And he rested. Because part of in the beginning, that, that project was complete. What was complete? Creation. He rested, created, rested. Then what happened? We went, it went south. We messed up. Disaster. The universe collapsed. We, in essence, we just said... God, thank you very much. Great creation. But we, we want to take over. 
we, we want to run our own world. So you just kind of do your thing outside of the universe, outside of time and space, and we, we just want to do our own thing. We want to be our own gods. Uh, so humanity rebelled against God. And so what did, what did, God, what did God do? He just took his toys and went home and said, Well, God. He knew our rebellion was a disaster, right? And so what is his project? To restore his rule to humanity. This is his universe. This is his earth. He is the king. And for us to rebel against him, that needs to end because it's disastrous. When we try to live life without God in charge, it's a disaster. So he began to restore his rule, to set things right, the moment that humanity fell. Well, how's it progressed? It has progressed, it, it's, but it's been a slow progress, right? When will it be complete? Okay, when Jesus the King returns. The project of God, the restoration of his kingdom, the restoration of his rule, the end of humanity's rebellion was announced by the prophets. Creation and creatures applaud you, God. Your holy people bless you. They talk about the glories of your rule. They exclaim over your splendor, letting the world know of your power for good. Your power for good. The lavish splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom eternal. You never get voted out of office. (laughs) Once God establishes his rule, you don't vote him out. It was elaborated by the apocalyptic writings. Remember Daniel. Remember the dream that Daniel interpreted of of the the statue and the, the rock and all that. That's apocalyptic Sudden changes, empires, the world being rearranged. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, was one of those emperors that realized, oh, I'm an earthly king, but there's, there is, there's someone greater than me. There's a, there's a divine king. And so he said, his miracles are staggering. His wonders are surprising. His kingdom lasts and lasts. Babylon did not. His sovereign rule goes on forever. And what did Jesus teach? Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So the kingdom of God, the rule of God restored to the earth is the project that God's been working on. He continues to work work on it. And through Jesus, it became more and more clear what he was doing. So Jesus, if you just look at his ministry in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus began to proclaim. What did Jesus begin to proclaim? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. It's so near, matter of fact, you can enter the kingdom by following the king, Jesus. 
How, how did it progress? Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease, every sickness among the people. When Jesus did something of a miracle throughout his life and ministry, he was always demonstrating the restoration of the rule of God on the earth. When God is in charge on the earth, this is what happens to sickness. When God is on char- it's in charge on the earth, this is what happens to demons that demonize people. When God is on, in charge on the earth, this is what happens in taking care of the poor. This is what happens on the earth when God's in charge with justice. You just keep going. Jesus is demonstrating throughout his life and ministry, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And then we're left with completion. Because Jesus, again, inaugurated that kingdom in a clearer way than it ever been made clear. Because it's, it's, not, it's not something that wasn't happening in the Old Testament. But it really becomes clear in Jesus. So what about completion? And that brings us to Jesus and the Passover meal. When it was time, Jesus sat down and all the apostles with him. And Jesus said, you've, you've, you've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last Passover meal I'll eat until until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Taking the cup, he blessed it. And then said, take this, pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until... The kingdom of God arrives. So as Jesus institutes the Lord's table, it's within the Passover meal, but he's also telling us the completion of the kingdom of God is not now at the time of my suffering. It's a time later. And it's, I mean, it's kind of incredible to think that God, he's been working over, you know, he works in the past with this Passover meal. He works in the present in Jesus' day with his suffering. And then he's pointing to the future, the completion of the kingdom. Jesus is telling us several things in those words. One, the, the Old Testament Passover was, was a type. It was a shadow of a New Testament reality. The Old Testament type of Passover will find its fulfillment in a future antitype. So what happens in the heavenlies with Jesus when the kingdom of God is complete is foreshadowed throughout history through the Passover. Until the kingdom of God appears completely. Like Jesus, is, he's fasting from wine. He's, he's, he wants us to celebrate this table to remember, but he's not partaking of an element because he's waiting for the day when the kingdom is complete and we'll share in the meal together. We're waiting. We're waiting for the kingdom of God to appear in its fullness. The kingdom 
has arrived. We have seen the kingdom in some ways, but we have not yet seen the kingdom complete. It's begun. We see progress as we prayed this morning. Let your kingdom be established. That should, that I hope is a daily prayer of ours. I want, I want you to rule in my life today. I want you to rule in my home today. I want you to rule where I work today. I want you to rule in my relationships today. I want you to rule in the classroom. I mean, everywhere we go, that, I, I want that to be our prayer. Establish your rule here on the earth. We, we have the opportunity to do that. And we're saying in that, let your kingdom influence us. Influence us in our day-to-day living as we wait for your kingdom to come and its completion. Influence us with your rule. We want you to be in charge. Direct us. Show us what's best. Let us live life at its fullest because you're our God, you're our king. Then as Hebrews says, as we move along in this progress towards the completion of his kingdom, we get a taste. We taste of the powers of the age to come. That age to come is the kingdom of God. So that the taste is the inbreaking of the future kingdom of God into our lives. So when we pray for the sick and a sick person is healed or they experience the overwhelming presence of God and they know, wow, I'm being cared for, that's an inbreaking of the rule of God. When we, when we discern that demons are still active, demons still torment people, and we pray in Jesus' name for people to be free from the influence of the, the kingdom of darkness, and people are set free, that's an inbreaking of the future kingdom of God into our day. When we see God provide in miraculous ways, when we see him take charge of the universe, I mean, those are always the kingdom is breaking and we're tasting as we wait for the completion of his kingdom. Now, as we do that, what does it require? The kingdom's begun. The kingdom is in process. There's progress being made, but it's not yet complete. What's required? What do we need? Say it out loud, Sylvia. We we need extended patience. The more I learn about the kingdom of God, the more patience I need. The more I realize that life is so much better when God's in charge, the more patience I need. Because I'm really anxious for him to set things right on the earth, which he wants to do. And, and, he's, and he's, he's asked humanity to cooperate with that. I need patience because we're not all on the same page yet. I mean, even those of us that are following Jesus are not on the same page. We have different, well, we, we can still take care of that. And he's saying, no, you can't take care of that. I want to take care of that through you. So it really takes patience as we wait for the day of completion. I know it's coming. It's coming. 
I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. Give me a taste, Lord. Give me a taste of your rule. And it's complete. Just give me a taste. Sustain me. So we need that patience. And so that's, that's why we're coming to the table today. I believe, again, as we remember this season in Jesus' life where these words are coming, I, I believe there is patience given to us in a spiritual, mystical way as we remember Jesus through the cup and the bread. And we need that as we continue to pray, let your kingdom come. So would you stand with me? As we go through the liturgy together, just again, just a reminder, in the dark print is for us as a community to say together. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Jesus said, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus said, He has sent me to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Open our hearts to embrace your love. Let us share the words which Jesus teaches us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are For they will be filled. For they will receive mercy. For they will see God. For they will be called the children of God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are reviled and persecuted and falsely accused on my account. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and the, all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Lord, when was it we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? 
And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? Jesus says, Truly I say, just as you did to one of the least of these sisters and brothers of mine, you did it to me. And just as you did not do it to one of the least of these sisters and brothers of mine, you did not do it to me. I want to invite you to come to the table. We have a wine at, at this side and we have grape juice at this side. Please collect the, the bread and, and the wine, the cup, and bring it back to your seat and we'll take the meal together. Let's stand together. Come, Holy Spirit.
that these gifts of bread and wine may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Unite us with him forever and bring us with the whole creation into your eternal life. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Holy Spirit, we ask that in this remembrance, through these gifts given to us, that you would infuse our lives with extended patience as we wait for your kingdom to come in its completion. Together, let's celebrate. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have delivered us from the dominion of sin and dark. You brought us into the kingdom of your Son, and we pray that by his death, death, so by his love, he may raise up to eternal joys, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you very much.